Forgive us our debts as we forgave our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. Well, good evening, everyone. How are we? Better. How are we? Oh, you can do better than this. How are we? Now you are a typical Assyrian people from the East. Normally the Eastern people are much noisier than the Westerners. So we need to be a little bit noisy for the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. Thank you very much for coming this evening. I thank the Lord Jesus for this moment. I look forward to Fridays. What makes our heart very happy is two things. And one is sharing the word of the Lord Jesus. There is no greater joy and happiness for anyone truly to be in the presence of the Lord and to be talking about the Lord, talking to Him, talking with Him, talking about Him, and sharing His love and His mercy with everyone that the Lord brings your way. So I am very happy to be able to share the word of the Lord Jesus with you guys. And the second thing that makes us happy as well is to meet young people and to see young people coming on a very hot Friday and instead of spending that hot Friday downtown, brother, somewhere in the city, they choose to come to Bible study to meet the best-looking bishop in the at least southern hemisphere, if not the whole world. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> okay. With us we have our uh, beautiful father, Isaac. Uh, he's joining us for this Bible preach. We thank the Lord Jesus for him. He's a great man of God. And... Um, I learned from him that humbleness and that humility that is in him. 
So, um, yeah, it's a great blessing for all of us. Tonight, I don't have any specific topic that I have chosen from the Bible to talk about, but we will talk about our spiritual life. I must say, it is a challenging process and it is a stumbling sort of stone in a way to try and get the message of the Lord Jesus to someone who is still very young, especially if someone is a teenager, and there is a number of you here present. As a teenager, you are still in the process of maturing, you are still in the process of uh, understanding the surrounding, the environment that you are living in, the world that you belong to, or you not belong to, but that you are part of the society and the community and the family at home and then the church on a broader spectrum. And it is a learning curve for a lot of you know, teenagers because I'm still maturing. And since I'm still maturing, therefore, I'm still exploring, experimenting, trying to grasp what is right and what is wrong, uh, which way to take and which way not to take, who to mix with and who not to mix with. And then in the midst of all these questions and arguments that crosses my mind all the time, I just wonder, what shall I do? What do I do? I hear about God. And I hear about the Lord Jesus. Maybe I've read a little bit about Him in the Bible. I've heard about Him from other people. I've gone to church as much as I can. By the way, who goes to church every Sunday? <laughs> yeah, not everybody. <laughs> That's not good at all. That's why I'm laughing. <laughs> Come on, laugh. Can you relax? I'll fix you later. Don't worry. I've got your names. I know where you live. I'll be paying you a visit. I'll fix you up. In a natural sense, in a natural sense, as a human being, especially as a young one, growing up, maturing, you know, the last thing I really want to hear being said to me or imposed upon me is, Someone comes and gives me an order and tells me you have to do this and you can't do this. You can't go out and you can't mix with these people. Uh, this place is not good for you. And when you go out, you, there has to be a curfew on me placed. That means I need to be back home by a specific time. And if I'm not back home in that time, I may be in trouble with my parents or my guardian, whom that may be. So. I want to be free. As a young girl and a young boy, I want to be free. I want to go out whenever I feel like it. I want to mix with people with whom I ever feel like it. Um, I want to enjoy life. Please leave me alone. Let me explore it for myself and let me understand what life is all about. I don't want you to tell me. You know, you've had your life. And I'm sure you must have been very naughty when you were young like me. So don't be Miss Perfect and Mr. Perfect mom and dad and tell me what is right and what is wrong. Go and teach yourself that first. And then when you master it, come and tell me what to do. So we have problems. We have issues at home. We have issues wherever we go. Because I'm not hearing what I really want to hear. And I'm not seeing what I really want to see and I'm not getting what I really desiring to get. So therefore, it is my way and everybody else can hit the highway. But you see, this guy, 
this beautiful picture on the screen. What's his name? Huh? What's his name? Jesus. Jesus, are you sure? Okay. How old was Jesus on earth? How old? 33 years old? Yes, true. How high was Jesus? How tall? Six foot something? <laughs> he, was, he was too good looking man for a Jewish guy, I tell you what. He is gorgeous. Jesus Christ, I don't know if it's an issue or not to some, but Jesus Christ, his problem, he never changes. Jesus Christ never changes. Now some people might say that when you talk about Jesus, you know, and, you, and what Jesus has taught and what Jesus has given us, that was over 2,000 years ago. It was in the Middle East and it was totally different culture, totally different society, different time frame. So don't tell me that I got to live something that is 2,000 years old. This is the 21st century. This is Sydney, Australia. And you know what? We're living in a multicultural society. We are living in a very open-minded, democratic society. And I am free. Everybody's free. Don't bring me a 2,000-year-old culture to try and make me live it. I'm not in the Middle East. It's the 21st century. Technology, knowledge is exploded in our time and age. We know much more than those people back then. But Jesus will always remain the same. Whatever the Lord said and whatever the Lord taught, it is applicable, compatible to all centuries, no matter how many centuries go by, whether it be 21 century or 2 million and 22 million and whatever figure you put there, his word will always be absolutely perfect to every time, all the time, at all times. So what do we need to do? Am I supposed to learn from people? Am I supposed to adapt to the way people want me to live? Whether it be my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister, Bishop Murray, the good looking, Come on, smile. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, not so. Yeah, I'm still good looking, not bad. So um, am I supposed to adapt to the people, my parents and whoever they may be? Or am I supposed to adapt to what Jesus Christ of Nazareth has said? See, there is a difference. If I've got a problem with my mom and dad, if I've got a problem with people around me and, and in, in my life, at the end of the day, they are people. But what I need to actually get to this realization, get to this understanding, get to this insight that I don't belong to people. I belong to the one who created me. I belong to him. So therefore, he needs to come and be number one. A lot of people go into trouble because Jesus Christ is not very important in their life. So what happens it's either they take things into their own accounts or they do things according to what others are dictating to them. None of these two have got anything to do with God. Because even 
The people around me can be wrong and they can because they are at the end of the day human like me. Can mom and dad make a mistake? Yes. Can they teach me a, a wrong thing? Yes. Can they tell me to do something that is wrong? Yes. But can God make a mistake? Impossible. Can God ever give me anything that is bad for me? Impossible. Can God deceive me and mislead me? Impossible. Because this very God died for me to tell me and you that I love you guys more than myself. I love you guys more than myself. Worry about one thing. Am I close to the Lord Jesus or not? That's what matters. If it's hot or cold, if it's sunshine or miserable weather, it's all good. It's all good. But what really matters and what is the most important thing is, am I close to the Lord Jesus? Am I close to Him or not? Now I want you to listen. The supreme ethic is love. Ethic is uh, another word that is close to ethics is morality, moral law. In Arabic, we call it akhlaq, al-khulq. The supreme, supreme means number one. The supreme ethic is love. The supreme ethic is love. That is why, that is why love precedes life. In all the religions of the world, in all the religions of the world, they will tell you, whether it be Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, Shintoism, all the isms, they will tell you that life comes before love. The only place that says love comes before life is Christianity. And so very true that love precedes life. You know why? Because if life came before love, then what am I going to do with a life that has no love in it? It is absolutely hell. You see, life does not make love, but it is love that makes life, life. Yeah, you with me? So, in the Christian faith, love comes before anything else. So what makes life is love. Where there is love, there is life. And where there is no love, there is no life at all. And that no life is the very hell that the Bible talks about. Scientifically speaking, scientifically speaking, scientists can only measure the light. They can't measure darkness. Why? Because darkness is not a creation. Darkness was never created. You read the Bible, Genesis chapter 1. The very beginning of the Old Testament, Genesis chapter 1. It says, the Lord God saw that it was dark. And then he said, let there be light. And then light came. And he called the light day and darkness night. He separated the two from one another. So God created light. Let there be light. He created the light. He never created darkness. That's why even scientists who don't believe in God, they know that you can only measure the light, you cannot measure darkness, because you cannot measure something that never exists. You can only relate to things that are in existence. Something that does not exist, you have no authority or rulership over it. So they measure the light. So where did this darkness come from? 
Darkness came because light was absent. What is light? Life. What is darkness? Death. What is light? Love. What is darkness? Hatred. So love and hatred can never mix. Just like the light and darkness can never mix. When the sun goes down, darkness appears. When the sun rises, darkness disappears. So God created light. So He gave us in that light, He said, this is your life. And I am love. And on the basis of that love, I created you. I gave you a life built on love. I gave you a life built on love. And He said, if you are with me, then you can't talk. If you are with me, you are in the light. And as long as you are in the light, you are alive. You are alive as long as you're in the light. The moment you walk away from me, you're going to end up in darkness. Now the absence of light is darkness. What is hell? The absence of love. Hell is a place where love does not exist. You can still live there. Nobody dies, by the way. <laughs> The spirit lives forever. So nobody dies. But some people will live in the light and some will live in darkness. Some will live in love and some will live without love. Now, if you look at drug dealers, drug addicts, murderers, gangsters, you know, all the big heavy duty stuff that is happening in the world around us. If you go back to the root, if you go back to this person's life to the childhood, I can assure you, if not 100%, but 95%, you will see that person did not have enough love in his life. He was not loved enough. You see, love is so awesome. It is so supreme. It is so powerful that without love, we cannot really exist and go on. It's the love that gives you that strength, that energy, that power to continue going forward even though everything is going against you. The moment love is missing in your life or is of a very little percentage in your life, you cannot withstand the smallest of trials in your life. You will fall. Love is awesome. Love is awesome. Jesus who is God and God is love he's inviting everyone everyone to share and to live this love to share and to live this love now on earth we express love in so many different ways I'll give you an example a guy loves a girl right yes habibi you know what I was out with me friends you know and then I looked and I saw this good looking Sheila over there and then my heart went bum bum and my mind went num num. The mind went to sleep and the heart started dancing Shaykhan. <laughs> and then I said to myself, what a wonderful world. <laughs> so when I saw this good looking girl in the church, not at Marconi, okay? I'll fix you up, you guys go to Marconi. Huh? Or downtown clubbing one day you know what 
It was just, uh, I was going, I had some job at this, in the city somewhere. And on the way back, it was, it was a little bit late. So we went through the street, and I saw these people queuing up. I said, oh, what's going on here? It's going to be something massive. And then it ended up, all this long queue, for this little tiny place, very dark, yeah, suffocating, called a club. I said, what? All these people queuing up to go into this little box and then go, what's this? They probably can't even walk. Everybody's squashed in there. I can't even, you know, stretch my, my arms because they are pushing, 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 and I'm squashed in the middle. And then you got this uh, cup, a glass in your hand. I don't know what's in it. Hopefully it's 7-Up and Coca-Cola, nothing else. You know? And then you're dancing with this bad, loud, noise pollution music. And then you're laughing. And then you're talking on top of your voice because you can't hear him, yet his nose is in your eyes here, and you can't still hear him. So you're screaming. You come out of there after so many hours. You've lost your voice. You've lost all your money. You're drunk. You're, uh, your head is exploded. And then you say to yourself, what a great life this is. Oh, I love it. But you come to church to meet the best-looking bishop. Oh, it's boring, man. What do we do with this generation? Jesus came to share this love with us. On earth, the love is expressed in so many different ways. A guy meets a girl, they love each other. He expresses or she expresses her love to one another. They express their love to one another by, you know, it's Valentine's Day, I'm going to send her a nice rose in a big cylinder with a teddy bear and a big heart. The heart is bigger than the teddy bear. And he sent her a perfume, Chanel or uh, what's the other one, Versace? Or I don't know what. The, I've, I hear about these brands. I don't know nothing about them, so don't t tell me you know nothing. And I hear this. I sent her this perfume. It's two hundred dollars. It is. It is a brand. It's her birthday, and I love her so much. I, I don't work at the moment, so I stole some money from my parents so I can buy her a Versace, or a, a Chanel. We express our love to one another in different ways. It could be an exchange of a present. It could be a nice word. It could be visiting them at home, you know, comforting them, whatever. I express my love to them in so many different ways. In heaven, love is, only, is expressed in only one way. In heaven, love is expressed in only one way and there is no more, no less. In heaven, love is expressed in one way only. What is that way? Sacrifice. Sacrifice. Love up there is only expressed in sacrifice. What is the cross? The cross is the ultimate love expressed in the ultimate way. God says love equals sacrifice. I, God, came to express to you my love to you all. And the way I express my love to you, I say, I will sacrifice my life for the one I love. That's the way love is expressed. Now, sacrifice is the ultimate, supreme. Why? Because what is the most expensive what is the most precious thing in anyone's life? Their own life. 
There is nothing more expensive and precious to you guys than your own life. Because once my life goes, what am I going to replace it with? Flour? Chanel? Not even all the Chanel's in the world will, will do me anything. Once I die, I'm dead. Nothing comes anywhere near my life. The most expensive thing in me is my life. So Jesus said, the most expensive thing in me, I give to you, my life. To tell you, I love you more than my life. Now, where does a problem start in our life? And especially with young people. Where does the problem start? Now, the, all of you young, listen to this. The problem starts, if I want to define life to you guys, I will define life in a very simple term. Life is two things. One, life is experience and knowledge. What is life? Life is experience and knowledge. The problem where we misunderstand one another, a young girl and a young boy, they come and talk to someone who is older than them. The young boy and the young girl, they talk on the basis of knowledge. The older people, they talk on the basis of experience. You see, my parents, my parents, because they've gone through all this life journey, along the way, they've gained experience of life. I am still living it. I haven't got to that level for me to be able to have that experience. I'm still experiencing life. So when we come and talk, I as a youngster, I'll talk out of knowledge. I went to school. Mom, you're illiterate. Back in Bahshiqa, you didn't go to school. You know, you come from a little village in north of Iraq. I come from Sydney, Fairfield, Nita City. I'm much more advanced than you are. You're not laughing, guys. Okay, fine. We live in the 21st century, Mom. This is Australia. Don't talk to me about Iraq, Syria, or Lebanon, or anyone else. You want to go, go back there. This is Australia, it's open-minded, man. So we talk from the knowledge that we gained in life. But my parents talk from the experience that they've gained from this life. Two different languages, two different levels. Therefore, we have clashes. We have clashes. Because I don't understand what they're saying, and they don't understand what I'm, what I'm saying. But if we come to Jesus Christ, then there we will understand everything. There we will understand everything. I'll give you an example of what I mean when we come to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. He is God in the flesh. Now, the Lord Jesus gave us a present. That present is His Word. And that Word is called the Holy Bible. And the Holy Bible is made out of two parts, the Old Testament and the New Testament. He said, this is my love letter to all of you. I expressed my love also in this book. And I give you this book to tell you, this is my love letter to all of you. When you come to one part of the Bible, in the book of Ecclesiastes, probably some of you have just heard of this name or this word. Book of Ecclesiastes, and don't ask me how to spell it because I don't know, it's a very long one, like a train, you know. The book of Ecclesiastes is a chapter of the Bible in the Old Testament that belongs to King Solomon. King Solomon. There are three books. 
that are referred to King Solomon being the author. One is the book of Proverbs. Second is the book of Ecclesiastes. And third is the book of Song of Solomon. Now the book of Ecclesiastes, to cut it short, talks about a life of repentance. How can I live a life of repentance on earth? Now repentance means I need to change my way of living. Before I used to go to the club, when I repent, now I'm going to go to the church. Before I used to say foul language, when I repent, now I bless and I say nice words. Before I used to hurt people, when I repented now, now I hurt myself and I don't want to hurt no one else. So a life of repentance means a change of heart and a change of mind. King Solomon gave us, or I should say it in this way, God gave us this book through King Solomon. Why? Because King Solomon, he had it all. You know, you ask a human being, especially you young ones, my son, my daughter, don't do this. This is not right for you. Don't go there. It's the wrong place for you. No, no, no. I know what I'm doing. Trust me, I know what I'm doing. Leave me alone. I'm not going to listen to you. I know what I'm doing. King Solomon says, none of you will get to the level that I was. Get it from the master's mouth. Because he experienced it all. He lived it all. He had it all. And at the end of all things, he came and gave you this book called Ecclesiastes to tell you that everything under the sun is nothing but empty. Absolutely meaningless, useless. To be, to be someone awesome, you need to have four things in you at the same time. One, power. Two, money, 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 makes me money in this big wide world. Why, do, why did America go to Iraq? Huh? For our beautiful eyes? Of course not. Money, 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 make me money in this big wide world. Baby, we drink petrol there. Too much petrol, Habib, you know? Why don't they go to Somalia? No, 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 no money. What do we do with it? <laughs> so, one, you have to have power. Two, you have to have plenty of money. Three, you have to have health. And four, you have to have beauty, good looking. Huh? So if you are good looking, if you have power, if you have money, and if you have health, nothing stops you. The sky is the limit. Well, Solomon, what was your power? He says, I was a king. The highest rank, the highest rank on the face of this earth is a king. The lowest rank on the face of this earth is a slave. Solomon had the highest rank, the biggest authority, most powerful guy. He was what? He was a king. Money. He had money. He could have bought Australia. Extremely rich man. Extremely rich man. To him, gold was like dirt. He had so much gold, he didn't know what to do with it. Maybe he made, he made uh, toilet paper with it or something. I don't know. He had so much gold, so much money. He did not know what to do with it.
He was powerful, king, a lot of money, and he was very smart. He received his wisdom from God. And you know what? He was healthy. And I can assure you he was healthy. He had 300 wives and 700 girlfriends. He had to be healthy to have to manage all these women. One woman can drive you crazy, man. Imagine you have 300 women in your life. What kind of man you're going to be? You're going to go crazy to, to the mental hospital straight away. So he was extremely healthy, very powerful, very rich. He had it all, right? He, he says, listen to this. He says, everything that my heart desired, I gave it. Everything. So if he wanted this girl, he got it. If he wanted that car, he got it. If he wanted this place, he got it. Nothing stopped in his way. He got everything. And then, whatever my eyes saw, I never shut them. He was full on, bro. Right? At the end of his life, he gave us the book of Ecclesiastes, the book of repentance. He starts the book with the following words. Everything under the sun is the vanity of all vanities. What's wrong, Solomon? He said, I tried everything, guys. I went clubbing and I went downtown and I had the Sabufa Habibi in the back seat and I put in the car all these good looking girls. And I had the convertible BMW and the Mercedes-Benz and I had tattoos everywhere, brother. And I had muscles and I did whatever I wanted. I was the man, bro. But I want to tell you another thing, bro. It is all empty. It's all nothing but a waste of time and a waste of breath. Because I've realized it. And I'm writing to you my life story, my experience in life. And I'm begging you guys, don't go and experiment for yourself. Come and take it from me. I can tell you everything about life. Don't do what I did. I went through the difficult times and I copped it on the chin very badly. I don't want you to cop it. So why are you going to experiment? Receive it from an experienced guy like, like Solomon. People of our time and age, they say, while we're young, we need to have fun. When I get older, then I'll think about the church. And then I'll think about my afterlife. <laughs> but while I'm still young, you know, I don't want to be a nun or a monk praying and fasting and going to church. I need to enjoy it, bro. Sitting in Darling Harbor somewhere at a nice restaurant and then drinking the tequila, brother, and then having fun and talking about... You know, when, when girls get together, I can't make anything out of the words because all I hear is, <laughs> you know, they talk, talk so fast and then they laugh. There is no, no clarity of words or language. So what's this? <laughs> what's this? Go out and, to a restaurant, but say, Jesus, you're going to sit here and I'll sit next to you. And the first... The first spoon, I'm going to put it in your mouth. You eat first, Jesus. I eat second. When I eat this food, Lord, I thank you. You come number one in my head. 
I say, if it was not for you, Lord, I wouldn't have been able to eat this food. Thank you, Jesus, for this moment. Thank you, Jesus, for this food. Thank you, Jesus, for this health. Thank you, Jesus, for making this moment possible. And thank you, above all, for letting me to be with you. Share Jesus wherever you go. King Solomon says, everything under the sun is empty. You know why it's empty? I'll illustrate this to you guys. Here is the sun. We are on earth. When we walk on earth, on what level are we walking? What is this? Hmm? Horizontal. Yes? Thank you very much. So, this is the sun. We are on earth. King Solomon says, everything under the sun, everything under the sun is empty. Now, my question is to King Solomon. Who created the earth? He's going to say God. How can you say to God's creation is nothing? It's useless. King Solomon will reply and say, this is not what I'm saying. But I'll still say everything under the sun is empty. So what do you mean, King Solomon? Well, look at this. He's very smart. Don't forget. This is the sun. We walk on earth in a what? Horizontal level. Yes? King Solomon is saying, everything you do in life and everything you gain in life without God being in it, it is empty. If it's only horizontal, it is empty. But everything you do in life, where God comes into the equation, it is absolutely meaningful and purposeful. Now, when we walk horizontally, we are walking with people, not with God. The only time we can have God in it, when we walk vertically, because God is above and we are below. When I go vertically, and then God will lead my way horizontally. When you put the vertical first, and then the horizontal, what do you get? The cross. The cross is about two lines, vertical and horizontal. God says, you can never, you can never learn and know how to live for yourself and how to live with your neighbor unless you live with me first. You need to be with me so that you can be with others. You need to live for me so that you can understand how to live for yourself and for, for others. When I'm in the equation, everything under the sun is beautiful. But when I'm missing, there's only one level, horizontal. Then therefore, everything under the sun is absolutely nothing. And King Solomon said, I did everything without the vertical line. Therefore, all the things that I did without God being in it, it was nothing but empty. What did I gain? Homes, houses, properties? Uh, I'm going to die. Where are they going to end up? They're not mine. It's meaningless. But when I have God in it, nothing is lost. Everything I have done and I worked hard for, God will reward me at the end. My beloveds, you're young. Learn how to be friends with the Lord Jesus before you be friends with other people. Learn how to walk with the Lord before you walk with other people. Learn about Jesus before you learn about others. 
because Jesus will give you enough wisdom and understanding on how to live your life and on how to allow other people to affect your life. He will give you limitations and boundaries and he will put barriers around you to protect you from the people that are trying to pull you down and take you to the wrong place. Jesus is the answer to everything. And he is love. You need to come back to the Lord and pray and ask him to make you wise enough to learn how to live with the Lord and how to taste his love and share it with other people. I enter a relationship and then after 600 years, I say it was the wrong choice. 600 years, what were you doing? You should have come from the first day. I'll never forget this, this poor girl. She came one day crying. It was like a tap being opened, you know. The, 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 the tears were gushing down. And I said, what's wrong, sweetie? Why are you crying so much? What's wrong? Take it easy. Take a deep breath. She said, Father, my boyfriend just left me. My heart is broken. It's shattered. I said, how long were you in this relationship? Four years, Father. I said, how old are you now? Sixteen, Father. I said, you should have come to me. I would have made you a little milk and a little dummy. You know, you little baby. When did you get a chance to have a boyfriend? You are a bambino. You need someone to look after you. Four years in this relationship. He, one day he woke up. He said, I don't love you anymore. Uh, see you later. I said, of course, because when you, a baby meeting another baby, what are you going to expect the outcome? Babies change their minds all the time because they're babies. We go through so many things in life and then we get hurt. Why? Because we don't pay attention enough. Build your relationship with the Lord first so that you're able to manage your life and relationships in your life. So my advice to you, any relationship that you engage yourself into, always pray about it. Always have Jesus number one. Pray about this, whether it be a friendship relationship, whether it be an intimate relationship. Always pray. Have Jesus in your life all the time, not whenever I need him. I need him all the time. And you need to have Jesus in your life, not because he's going to do this for me and he's going to do this favor for me. You need him make sure that it is built on the basis of love. Out of love, I need you, Jesus, in my life. Not because you're going to give me this gift and you're going to do this for me. No, I need you for your own self, not for what you do for me. I love you for you, not for what you are. I love you for who you are. Always, always remember this, that love comes number one. Jesus needs to come always number one. And I'm going to show you guys, if we have the Lord in our life, then whatever we do, Jesus will always be there for us. Will always be there for us. Will always. You know, guys, you need to trust the Lord blindly. He'll never fail you. He will never fail you. No matter how many times you fail, He will never fail you. All He wants from all of us is to really come back to Him and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I need your help. I need to be with you because 
I don't find that comfort, that peace, that security. Only when I'm with you, I am in peace. I find myself in you. You know what? I mix with people and then I end up being hurt. I end up being disappointed. I trust people and then they break that trust. I thought they were good for me, but they ended up being not the absolute opposite to what I was thinking. But with you, Lord, every time I come and experience you, every time, all the time without failure, you always prove to me that you are genuine. True friend, true companion, holy companion, and true God that whatever he says, he fulfills. He never falls short. Guys, you know why we need to trust God, Jesus Christ? You know why? For one simple reason I'll give you. One of the reasons why we should trust this guy. Because God, whatever he starts, is the end. It's not the beginning. I'll say it again. Whatever God starts is the end, is not the beginning. God never starts a beginning. He always starts the end. And then he comes back and starts with you to get you to the end. I'll tell you what I mean. Maybe you're not following me. When the Lord God created Adam, you know, our, our first daddy, do me, hello, I love you, <laughs> my dad. You know, when he created Adam, why do you think Adam was created a mature man? He was not a baby, you know why? Because baby can't have a wife. He was mature. And out of Adam, he created Eve. Out of Adam. Adam was created from Mother Earth. And out of Adam, he created Eve. Both mature. Why? Because what God started with Adam was the end of the road. It was not the beginning of the road. If it was the beginning, he would have created Adam a little baby. He created him a mature figure. So therefore, when he created Adam, he created him perfect, mature, then he came back and then he started with Adam to get him to what he has created him. I don't know, you follow me or not? Yes, no? God's beginning is the end of the thing, is not the beginning of the thing. He said, Adam, I created you like that. This is the image and the likeness I want you to get to. I made you this. Now I'm going to start with you to get you to what I made you. Why? To tell you that I have already seen the end of you. Therefore, don't ever fear and worry that I am alone. You're not alone because when I created you, I created the end of you, not the beginning. So I already saw your end. When I came to start with you, you better be at ease because the one who is with you has already ended you there before he started with you. Yeah? With me? And then he said to Adumi, Adam was the finished product, not the beginning of the product. He was the finished product. And then he said to Adam, anything you need, any parts break in you, any parts go off, you come back to the manufacturer, to the one who made you, who created you. When you come back to me, I'll give you a guarantee that that part is going to be replaced and fixed. And if anything goes wrong, I give you a warranty 
on everything that goes wrong. I'll give you a guarantee that if you listen to me and do what I say, you will function perfectly. All the functionalities that I've put in you, they will work absolutely fine. That is my guarantee to you if you listen to what I say. And if anything breaks in you, I give you a warranty to fix that thing that has been broken in you for as long as you do what I tell you. We'll put it in a very simple term. When you buy a TV set or a DVD player, when you buy the DVD player, you bring it home. When you open the box, what do you see the first thing in the box? I, get, I can assure you, you do not see the DVD player. You see a little manual, a book. That's the first thing they put on top. When you open the box, the first thing you see is the manual. What is the manual? Is the book of the manufacturer. Manual means the thought of the one who has made you. So the one who has created this DVD player is the one who knows all about this DVD player. He is the one who knows every, everything about this DVD player. Why? Because whatever was in his, in his head, in his, thought, in his thinking, he put it into reality. His thought was invested into this DVD player. He knows exactly how this DVD player functions. That's why he put this thought in a book and he sent that product with that manual, which is his thought, to you so that when you open that box to try and play this DVD player, he says, before you touch anything, read my thought. When you read the manual, you'll know exactly how this DVD player functions. I can assure you a lot of people, all they know about a DVD is play, pause, fast forward and rewind. But there are other functions in that DVD player they don't know about because they thought they can work it out on their own. They, they didn't read the manual. So they thought they knew everything about this product. But they missed out on so many functions. God created us, the DVD product. His thing is thought, he put it into this product. He is the only one that knows how this human being functions. And then when he sent this package, he put his thought in a book. And he said to this person, before you use the DVD, which is us, read the manual, read the book, which is the Bible. The Bible is the manual that tells you exactly how this product operates and functions. So what do we do? We put the book aside. I'm not interested. I don't want to read it. I know what I'm doing. I know how life works. I know how things should work and function. I can work it out and figure it without the manual, without God's in it. So what do we do? Since we don't know the purpose, we start experimenting. So what do I do? I'm going to go out and, and find out for myself. I want to taste and see and feel what a scotch, a glass of scotch is going to do if I put it down the gurgler. Or if I drink this wine, or if I take a sniff of this drug, I want to find out. But God says, if you don't read the manual, you're going to stuff up the product. So we don't read the manual and we say, I'm going to work it out. We go and start experimenting with our life and we get into a lot of trouble. We need to come back to the manual, which is the thought of the manufacturer who is God. 
when we read the Bible, we will know how this human should function and work. Be familiar with the book. Read the manual. Read the Bible. Stop reading fairy tale stories on Facebook. And stop sending useless messages to Mr. King somewhere on the other side of the world and you don't know who they are. That's a waste of time. Shut it. Take the manual that tells you how this product works. Read it to get to know how to live. To get to know how to live. Love Jesus. Be with Him. Trust in Him. And read His Word. Because it is the only way for me to know how I should really function in this life. Remember, when He created us, it is the finished product. You see, when that product breaks, you take it back to the manufacturer, there is a warranty. That's called a warranty. A guarantee, if you follow the manual, the manufacturer guarantees whatever is in you will work. If you follow the manual, that's a guarantee the manufacturer gives. God says, if you follow my word, everything I've put in you is going to function perfectly. But if anything goes wrong, don't take this product to a different manufacturer. If your car is a Toyota and breaks down, don't take it to a Mercedes dealer. You only take it to back to Toyota. So what do we do? When things go wrong in our life, we go and seek advices from others but God. And we make it worse. Like this guy went to this counselor seeking an advice for their marital problems. Guess what? This counselor was married four times. Now, great thinking, brother. So you go into someone who failed in their marriage four times, asking them, what shall I do with my marriage? They'll say, stop him, leave him, by, go and marry someone else from Ankawa.com. So what do we need to do? When something goes wrong in my life, I need to go back to the manufacturer who made me. God is the only one I need to go back to and ask him to fix me. Don't go to your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your friend and say, shall I leave home? I'm 16, what do you think? Yeah, it's Australia, you're free, you're mature, leave him. Come, we find a couple of more friends, we hire a unit somewhere in the city, who cares about mom and dad? Live for yourself, be free. Great advice. I'll do it. No problem. And then a couple of years down the track, they're in the street crying. I lost my future. I destroyed my life. Of course, because you went to another manufacturer seeking an answer and a solution. Go to God. Be with the Lord. Live with Him. Pray and ask the Lord to be with you all the time. Ask Him to show you the way, my beloved. Thank you so much for your time and effort. And I know it's very hot, but I do thank you so much for that. I pray that the Lord touches our hearts. And I pray that the Lord Jesus really shows us the way. Enlighten our intellect and our, the depth of our souls so we really can feel Him, taste Him, and really see Him so powerfully in our life. Without Jesus, everything is vanity. Without Jesus, everything is nonsense. But with Him, this life is beautiful. And the next is much, much more beautiful. 
God bless you guys. Thank you so much for your time and for your uh, attendance. I uh, thank you from the bottom of my heart. God bless you. Let's stand for the finale prayer, please. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, it is in dying that we are born again to eternal life. Amen. May the Lord Jesus bless you, guide you, and protect you now and forevermore. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you very much.